0: Welcome to Long Live The Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live The Music. I'm Kyle Hawk uh, from It's All Dead, and I am very happy to uh, be doing this podcast today and glad that you're listening. Thanks for joining us on the show. Recording this on a Saturday, March 19th. It's currently like 43 degrees and and raining here in Indianapolis. But this week, uh, we had like a a couple days that were like, you know, that made it up to 70. Starting to hear a few birds chirping, starting to see a few green things sprouting from the ground. Uh, And it makes me very happy because I, uh, as as you know, if you listen to the show, I hate winter. I complain about it a lot. Um, but it's starting to come to an end. There is an end in sight, uh, and that end will mean the beginning of spring. And so I, you know, on this show before, we've talked about like uh, autumn music. We've talked about summer music. We, I feel like we've touched on every season except for spring. And so I, I reached out to my good pals, Nadia and Kyle, and was like, hey, do you guys want to talk about spring music? And they said, uh, yes. So they are here today. Kyle, Nadia, welcome to the show. Hello, hello hey uh, glad to uh, to have you um, and thanks for humoring me with this discussion. Um, I I'm really excited to nerd out about it because I feel like it's gonna help me get over that last hump of uh, the the seasonal depression of winter um, and then I'll just be dealing with the regular depression. Um, so I get rid of one and uh, and keep the other. Um, we're going to talk about spring music today. We're going to talk about what that even means. We're going to talk about albums that we like to listen to this time of year. Um, before we do that, though, I thought it'd be interesting to uh, maybe talk about stuff that we've been listening to recently. Um, I, I feel like the past couple weeks, there hasn't been much that's come out that's really interested me. Um, I know there's a new Charlie XCX album that came out yesterday. I haven't had a chance to to check it out, but it's been, it's like at the start of the year, there was a lot of stuff coming out and then it's kind of like dwindled off here recently. I don't know how the the two of you Feel Nadia, what what have you know? What's been on your radar recently?
1: No, I was just gonna say I agree. Uh, and I was talking to Jeremiah before I got on, and I was like, Oh, Kyle asked us to you know think about what we've been listening to, take a little you know inventory. And I said literally only the new Florence and the Machine singles. um I haven't really listening been listening to too much new stuff, but I am excited for that album. I did pre order it.
0: When that, does that come yeah. out?
1: Uh, May. I have it in my calendar. I want to say like May thirteenth, maybe the middle of May.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I know uh, you included um, one of their songs in the Cue It Up uh, feature that you did recently, which I'm really excited to have back. That's like a, a really fun, fun thing to kind of like, uh, you know, just take stock of the some of the new stuff that's coming along. Kyle, what about you? What have you been into?
2: Um, honestly, there's been kind of like a wave of stuff I've really enjoyed. The new Knucklepuck EP was really, really good. Uh, as it is, just put out a new album that I've gotten to listen to a bit. Um, I'm still kind of working my way through it. Just I've had other uh, obligations to take care of. And uh, honestly, my so far album of the year is the new Dashboard Confessional. It seemed like it kind of was released under the radar. Like I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it, discussing it. And um, I even on release day, I was like, yes, it's here. And then I put it off for like two weeks and uh, maybe more than that, i Time doesn't matter anymore. Uh, But I just listened to it for the first time last weekend, and I was blown away by just the amount of like, oh, no, this is an instant classic. Like, it's one of his great albums, I feel like. And just no one's discussing it that I'm aware of.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's funny because I I included it on my most anticipated list at the start of the year. Um, I, I was really looking forward to it and did the same thing. Like, it took me a couple weeks before I actually like Listened to it and dug into it. And I kind of had the same experience that you did. Um, what have been some of your favorite songs off of that?
2: Um, honestly, I don't have it in front of me, but like, it's weird because like the first half, like it's, it's a, it's an interesting concept. Cause like the first half is very like classic dashboard songs. They're very, uh, yep. emo, they're very relationship heavy. And then like the second half of it, um, it's in the same vein as like his early work, but it takes much more of a family approach. Uh, it it's weird because they're not quite the emotional songs that we kind of know from him, but they're somehow more intimate just because it focuses, it laser focuses on such like an important aspect of his life that uh, hasn't really been a part of his music before now, but it like fits in so well with what he is known for.
0: I, I agree completely. Um, you know, obviously that first single here's to moving on. I loved uh sunshine state is one that really caught my attention, but the one that I have been the one that caught me the most upon first listen is called sleep in. And when I think about, uh, you know, Chris and and what makes dashboard so special and what makes some of those early albums, like such classics, he really has a lyrical ability to paint such a vivid pitch picture uh, just with his words and the, and the music. Like you listen to some of those early dashboard. I I think about, you know, the, you know, the clock that's flashing eights, you know, there's always like these really specific things that he calls out that you can visualize in your mind and sleep in is like, literally, he's just like describing a series of events. And it's like, you know, he and uh, this woman going out and the, the ice is slick on the ground. They're walking to this diner. And then all of a sudden at the end, he's like, and he's, I'm thinking about all this now as I'm making you coffee while you sleep in and the song ends. And like, I gasped. When I heard it, because I was like, holy shit, that was so incredible. And I know I'm probably overselling it or it's maybe not as amazing as I'm as it is in my head. But I was like, this is what he's so good at is like creating again, such a a really specific scene that you just feel like you're in it and you're a part of it and you've lived it, even though you haven't. So I, I don't know if you felt that way with any of this, but I felt like that. He captured some of that as well as he's done in in years on this album.
2: Yeah, no, it's a he's at his peak storytelling ability, um, which honestly I didn't really see coming because he just put out the his first new album in a long time, like two years ago, and it was it was good. And I listened to it when it came out, and I pretty sure I reviewed it pretty favorably. But um, I just I never really went back to it; didn't draw me back. And uh, this one, I've been kind of listening to quite a bit since I finally got into it last week. And uh, I I feel bad it took me that long to kind of finally get into it, but it's, it, it really is some of the best work he's ever done.
0: Nadia, I'm interested in your perspective on this because, um, you know, Dashboard was such a, you know, he was so center to what was happening in the early two thousands in the scene when it kind of blew up and such a, like, you know, kind of the fate, one of the faces of it. Like if you had to make a Mount Rushmore of like the emo scene in 2003 or something like Chris Carrava is definitely, definitely on there. What, what is, I mean, do you have any relationship with dashboard at all? Um, what, where does, where does his music stand for you?
1: I have absolutely no opinion. Um, I don't think I've ever listened to dashboard. Um, seriously, like I've never, it's one of those guys where if it comes along in like an, an emo playlist or whatever, I'm like, oh, that's a dashboard song. But I don't think I've yeah. ever searched him out. There's nothing wrong with it, no at all. I just I don't think I've ever gone for it personally.
0: Yeah. That I mean, and that's kind of like I think the you know, I don't want to say the problem with dashboard, but I don't I don't feel like he ever translated what happened in those early days to like continuing to build that audience. There's just kind of been this core fan base that's followed him along all this time, which is great. And I think that he's still like all of us will still go back to that music. But it's it felt like and and especially when you go back to the mid 2000s with like dusk and summer, it felt like he was on the cusp of like kind of crossing over um, in, you know, in terms of like building a larger, more mainstream audience or like capturing a new audience. But I don't I don't think that ever really happened. And I think maybe that's part of him going back to you know, some of his roots musically with this new album. I don't know if you feel that way, Kyle.
2: Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it, I, I feel the same. Like he was right on the cusp of really making it big. And, um, even for a while, like he was really big on MTV. Like he had a song on the Spider-Man two soundtrack. Uh, yeah. some of his songs from Dusk and summer really, really made an impact on like radio play. And then he just kind of disappeared. Um, and it, it was weird because it, it really seemed like he was set up to really take over music. And then uh, I I feel like the popular genres just kind of drifted away from what he was making. And, um, you know, he didn't really kind of capitalize on the momentum he had. And then the band kind of disappeared for a little bit, which is fine. But um, yeah, it it seems like he didn't quite get the recognition he deserved, but um, for like a generation of people, I feel like he was their introduction to like acoustic music, yep. uh, especially very 100%. good acoustic, acoustic music.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great album. I recommend checking it out. I, you know, one thing Nadia knows I've been listening to cause I text her about it all the time. Stand Atlantic. I, you know, it's been a couple years since I fanboyed through the roof over this band. Um, and their, their album, Pink Elephant from 2020, is still I, I think incredible, but like these new songs they've put out are like on a whole nother level. Like I didn't know that they were. I already thought like with the last one was like man they really leveled up. Like this is who Stand Atlantic is now. And now you hear these these new songs and it's like holy shit. How are they still getting better? Like it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I have been playing the hell uh, out of <laughs> out of those songs so far. And May is when the new album comes, which I'm really looking forward to um nadia how annoyed are you every time i text you about stand atlantic on a scale of one to ten on a
1: scale of one to ten uh is ten being the most annoyed or one being the most annoyed
0: ten is the most
1: uh i would say a one because i appreciate that you love the music that you do oh hey
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i've been holding back so uh get ready for keep it coming man get ready for more where that came from um so yeah stand atlantic is around around the corner and they're they're music i associate with warm weather so um it's going to be great when that album arrives and speaking of it let's let's get into the actual discussion we're talking about spring music like i mentioned we've talked about like music for every season on this show on our site we've never talked about spring i don't think at least not that i can remember um i i can talk about like what i think of when i think of like this time of year and the music that resonates with me but i'm interested in hearing from the two of you when i brought up this discussion what were some of the places that you're that you went, uh, you know, headspace wise to kind of like think about what what spring music meant to you, Kyle.
2: Um, on a, it's a it's a weird phenomenon for me because my spring, I want to say catalog, but that just sounds terrible. Uh, my the what I associate with like spring weather overlaps really heavily with like summertime, but for summer I get like a much more aggressive vibe. Like, just there's a lot of energy in the air. You're out and about. There's a lot more activity. Um, so I, I prefer something heavier spring is much more, you're kind of cozying your way out of just this hibernation, getting kind of prepared to go into something. Um, I really associate it with a vibe of like, there's energy, but it's not overly dramatic or anything like that. It's just, it's something that kind of, um, makes you happy, kind of just warms up and you're getting ready to just enjoy yourself. Like you're finally just kind of awake again. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Nadia?
1: Um, yeah, I'm actually so glad that you said that it heavily overlaps with summer because I feel the same way. Um, but I feel like I'm very piecemeal with spring. Like I, he, You asked about like albums that we listen to in the spring, stuff like that. Um, I feel like I don't really do a lot of albums. I was able to list a couple that I kind of returned to. Um, but I do more of a playlist vibe with spring. I feel like I'm more looking for the vibe that spring brings me. Um, like, then something that is that it's a, like that shouts spring to me. I feel like that's there's not really anything for me that does that. But there are songs that do.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's kind of interesting because I do have spring albums. And it was not hard for me to make my, my list because I know the specific albums that come to my brain when when it's springtime. But I also have songs like Blink 182 is like a summer band. But for example, the song Feeling This is a spring song for me. And I don't know how to explain it, but there's something about the vibe, the flow of that song um, that just is like what I want to listen to on the first day where it's like warm enough to go outside and go on a walk or, or roll the window down on my car. Um, and I'm going to try throughout this this podcast to kind of like dig into this. But I, I think as I was making my list, there's, there's certain things that come into my head. One is, you know, I just think like on an existential level, there's something about springtime where like... A dead world like starts to come back to life and you start to see things grow and you start to see animals and like it's a time of year where there's like this sense of renewal and the sense of rebirth and so when I think about that like there's certain music that resonates really heavily with me um, there's also a sense of of color and I know that um, you know there's people that like see certain color when they when they hear music I don't want to go that far synthesisia or whatever that is there's a word for it i don't i don't know that i have that specifically but there are certain colors that come into my head when i listen to certain music and so i guess i'll, I'll kick this off by like the first album that uh comes to mind for me and i listened to it just the other day it's a, a, a album i literally only listened to in the springtime speaking of chris Caraba, it's further seems forever's the moon is down um and there's so many things about it. Like one, there's a, there's a theme of like travel, like being, being apart from someone and like trying to, trying to get to them. Like the album literally opens with the sound of like a a plane engine coming on. And like, it kind of follows that theme throughout the album. And I think of like, I don't really travel much in the winter, um, but my wife and I usually take like, you know, we, at least we used to before the pandemic, like take a vacation in the springtime. And so there's kind of that sense of like, OK, it's time to like go. It's time to like be somewhere. It's time to go to a place or a a person that I want, want to be at. Um, and then like on a really trivial level, like just the the shades of that album, like the album cover is it's pink and white. And there's like a really like you just look at it and you visually feel like a sense of like spring colors like coming through it I've always felt that when I've when I pick up and hold that album when I listen to it that's just kind of like what what's in my head and so the moon is down is literally one of my favorite albums ever it's like a a top tier album in my life but it's at its literal best in the springtime like that's when I listen to that album that's when it means the most to to me so I have no idea everybody listening may be like that didn't make any sense but there it is to kick us off Uh, I'm gonna let you guys jump in with uh, a you know an album for you from your list. So Kyle, why don't you take it away?
2: Uh, my top tier, and it's one of my favorite albums of all time, but like I've devolved it only listening to it in the springtime for some reason is uh, cartels chroma. Um, it's one of those I found in college and I don't remember when exactly I started listening to it, but I remember like the first spring I had it, um, being on campus and getting in my car to go home and just, it's the first day where the weather jumped like 50 degrees. I rolled down all the windows and just blasted it. And there was just this like feeling that I had that just energized me. I'm like, Oh, this is what this album was meant for. Just when you're finally just, Oh, the weather doesn't hurt my face anymore. This is what it is. And it's always just retained that deep um, meaning to me. And it's, One of my favorite albums of all time, but there's an electricity to it that can only be found in like when it's less than 70 degrees out.
0: Dude, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's literally perfect. And I feel the same way about it. And also like the idea of chroma and the color, like it's like you just look at it. I visualize that album in my head and I see like color coming to life. And that's a thing that I associate with spring. So I, yeah, I agree completely. That's a, that's a great choice. Um, Nadia, what about you?
1: All right, so my first one is uh, Pretty Odd by Panic, which like pretty odd for spring, how groundbreaking. Um, but yeah, I love the feeling that the album brings me. Um, like the literary illusions, the um, like songs about the sun and the moon. Uh, I just feel like it's such a perfect like picture of what spring feels like to me. Um, and it sounds like spring too. All of the like guitars are light. There's nothing too heavy about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of my faves for spring. I just, yeah, my phone against my desk. I'm sorry.
0: You're hundred percent right with that. And if I, memory serves me correctly, that came out in April as well of 2008. So it was an album that like literally came out in springtime, but I, I think the same way another album that when I think about the cover, I think it's like really flowery. There's something about like, uh, and especially like they kind of leaned into that, like Sergeant Pepper's thing with the Beatles on that album. And like, again, all the visual parts of that kind of like resonate in my head as spring as well so that yeah that's another excellent choice guys we're killing it we're crushing it some great spring music um the uh the other the other big one for me and i've got i I think i've listed five here but there's two top ones and the other top one for me is so long astoria by the ataris and i know a lot of people this is like a summer album for them it's interesting it came out in march of 2003 I didn't get into the album until the following spring in 2004, and uh, so it was my the spring semester of my sophomore year of college. And that entire semester, like, there's a lot of like really important stuff in my life that happened in my the spring semester of uh, my my sophomore year in college. And the events that happened when I replay them in my head, so long a story, is the album that was playing in the background, like um, to the point that when I when I hear boys of summer come on and those, uh, guitar sounds, like I'm transported back to that specific time. And so like spring every single year is where I put that, that album on. And again, uh, going back to the travel theme and, and, uh, you know, the, uh, gosh, I'm not going to remember the name of the song now, but it's the second track and I'm sure you can, uh, remember it, Kyle, but he's talking about, you know, basically they're laying on the on a hill or on the grass or something and watching the airport from afar. And he's got that line of, uh, the runway lights are the deepest blue, like the colors of your eyes,
2: to close them tight. Take off some That's landings.
0: That's it. Uh, and kiss me one last time. And that, like, I just hear that line. <laughs> and I almost want to cry because it's like such a vivid thing for me um, of a specific time of my life. But yeah, so long a story sounds better in spring for me than uh, any other time of the year. So, Kyle, you're up.
2: Um, my other kind of go to is uh, Painkillers by, by Brian Fallon. Um, it came out in March like six years ago and it was in the middle of one of the worst times of my life. Um, and it's just this dark winter, like spring didn't, it was not going great. And this album just appeared and just there was an enormous energy behind it. Just the wave of positivity with it. Um, just the album artwork has always struck me it as it's just, just Brian standing against the fence and just a t-shirt with like oh, light blue, just covering the entire thing and um it just felt so wonderful it was like a changing of mood where even in the middle of uh just kind of everything I was going through um it really kind of gave me hope and just the music with it it's not too rough there's a lot of like storytelling on it there's a lot of um just kind of hopeful energy behind it uh there's like he doesn't delve too much into like rock and roll aspects or anything punk. It's much more kind of country theme, but there's something with it that uh, it's like a renewal of energy that really made me happy. Yep.
0: I love it. That, that makes total sense. Uh, Nadia, what's up for you?
1: Yeah. So my next one um, would be Wallows. Uh, Nothing happens, which was 2019. So that's a pretty new one. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's one of those albums and kind of the whole indie pop genre um kind of definitely brings me into spring i love like the mgmt and all and all those like bands that feel so like light and airy um but yeah nothing happens has been a staple for my springtime listening since it came out um and i think it might have come out in the spring too i can't remember now but yeah i actually reviewed that for the site when it came out and i loved it so much
0: yep i remember that and you're actually you've uh talked to me a lot about their new album that is coming out later this year when does that drop
1: Yeah, it actually comes out this coming week, this Friday. Oh, wow. So I'm super excited about that.
0: About to get another spring album. It's great. I'm so, so excited. So my next one, I've kind of got two that I'm going to combine together. Um, and they both came out at the right around the same time, within a few weeks of each other, in the spring of 2011. The Weeknd, House of Balloons, and Frank Ocean, Nostalgia Ultra. And these are two mixtapes that came out from two artists that were completely new to us at the time and both sounded like uh, nothing I'd ever heard before. And I've, I meant to write something about this last year and I just couldn't figure out how to articulate it. But what happened with the weekend and Frank Ocean in 2011 and the way that they completely upended what had, you know, I guess would have been a previous expectation of like, Hey, this is like, you know, R&B music or something, but like they were making music that didn't sound like R&B. It wasn't really pop. It wasn't hip hop. It was, it was just something totally new and different. And I think what they did completely changed the the course of what the next decade, th- this past decade looked like, um, just in breaking down, uh, genre and again, associating springtime with something new, uh, they're really again like when I listen to House of Balloons which I just listened to this week I'm transported back to the spring of 2011 and for me just so happened to be where I was coming out of just the the worst stretch of my life and was like stepping into just like okay I'm stepping into a new stage of my life and everything's going to be different now and I'm moving on and right during that the soundtrack of that time in my life for these these two mixtapes that were like literally blowing my mind at the time and making me completely rethink what I want or expected from the music I listen to. So, um, those two kind of like go hand in hand in my head, but they're definitely springtime listens for me. Uh, Kyle, what do you got next?
2: Uh, this is where my controversial picks start coming in. Uh oh. Um, my number three is a recent one it's the Bomb Pop's Death in Venice Beach, which came out in 2020. And uh this one really means a lot to me, mostly just because when it came out, it was I want to say March. I don't quite remember. But it, it was the height of the lockdown, just the world was dead, everything was gone, it uh was cold, it was snowing in Chicago until like mid-April, and it's just this bleak uh environment and horizon, just everything yeah. just seemed terrible. And the middle of it was just this album that dropped and it's just a hard punk album that has much more of a summer vibe, but just um, the time in which it was released, it really felt incredible. Like it, it was one of those things where it's just when everything seemed at it's worse, I was like, Oh, this is what it's like to be alive again. And, you know, a lot of the songs, uh, aren't that hopeful. There's a, a double arrows down is about, you know, kind of passing out from, uh, a diabetes, uh, not having insulin and just kind of living with that. Uh, can't come clean is about like how drugs and alcohol almost destroyed the band. There's, you know, there's a lot of dark things on here, but uh, having that kind of uh, that mentality brushed against like the energy of the music, it really gave something kind of unique for the time period. And it's something that like, I can only associate uh, in my mind with, that time of life when just everything seemed like it was at its absolute worst. And, uh, there's still that fire there that kind of brought it all out.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, that, that's awesome. Um, and I, you know, I, it's funny cause like, even when we talk about the recent albums and I hear the two of you talk about them, I, re- I remember, uh, in my mind, how like fired up both of you were about like, you know, wallows or the bomb pops and stuff like that. And it's like, it's super cool to hear, like, that that stuff still resonates. Um, Nadia, what do you have?
1: I love when Kyle says my controversial picks are, like, towards the end. Because I keep mine to the end, too. Um, but we'll go with my with my last, like, normal one first. Um, it would be Florence and the Machines, How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful, um, which was 2015. A lot of people would say, oh, you should go with Lungs, because Lungs is obviously a very spring album. Um, but, yeah, How Big, How Blue was... One of those albums that I picked up the day it came out, Um, I have the Target Deluxe Edition. It has, like, five extra songs at the end, and those are, like, some of the best songs on the album to me. Um, I lost my dongle last week, and I couldn't use my aux cord because my phone has a headphone jack, um, (laughs) or doesn't have a headphone jack, so I had to go wait to buy a dongle. Um, But yeah, so I went into my drawer where I keep my CDs because I still have all of them, and that was the first one I pulled out because it was the beginning of March, Um, and I said, it's time for how big, how blue, how beautiful. Um, and it's, yeah, I love it. One of those special ones.
0: That's awesome. Very cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the next one for me is room noises by Isley and Isley. I, I was thinking about this. They, that band specifically is a springtime band for me, but there's no album that quite embodies, I guess the, the airiness, the lightness, the freeness, Uh, of spring like room noises it's definitely like so it's like their first album um it's also dreamlike uh it's so happy it's so beautifully melodic um it's you know it's the album that kind of like put Isley on the map obviously and I don't know that anything after it they quite replicated what they did with that even though I love all their albums in different ways it's so there's an innocence on that album that you feel kind of chipped away as time goes on for that band. But room noises like still possesses this sense of, of youth and innocence and beauty in a way that I, I can't really think of another album that captures it quite like that. It's just literally like a happy, beautiful dream sequence. And every time I put that album on <laughs> Hey Snickers, Kyle's holding up his cat to the, uh, the camera. That was lovely. Um, but yeah, Room Noises is like such a I don't know. It's just I put it on and I just feel better. Um and it's definitely a a perfect album for springtime. Uh, Kyle Kyle,
1: I'm commandeering the hosting position. What's your favorite song off Room Noises? You know Mine is brightly wound.
0: I think that might be mine too. I was getting ready to no say. No way. Yeah, because and it's funny because it's changed a lot. Like I've had a f- my favorite song of that album has like literally changed. Multiple times. I remember the when I first heard it, like back when I was in college, uh, "Telescope Eyes" was my favorite, and now it's like I was just going to say that. Them, that will, yeah, like no that way. was dropped, but like others have risen, but yeah, "Brightly Wound" I feel like embodies everything I was just saying about Absolutely. what that album means to me. So I was
1: going to put an Eyes album on my list, but I said Kyle will have one. I said I'll not steal <laughs> his thunder, but then room, I did anyway.
0: Yeah, uh, I love it. But yeah, room noises. It's a great one, uh, Kyle. What's what's next for you?
2: Uh, my other controversial pick, which is controversy for a couple of reasons, um, it's newfound glories forever plus ever times infinity or forever and ever times infinity. There's many things, um, and part of that is because it was another 2020 album that kind of came out, and the weird thing about it was it was initially supposed to release uh, in the spring. And then when the pandemic hit, it got pushed back to June of that year. But I remember at the time, just everything seemed desolate and just kind of hanging around, you know, nowhere to go. I happened to stumble online to an early release that got leaked. And I just kind of like, I think I need to listen to this. It's my favorite band of all time. And just listening to it. And it was one of my favorite Newfound Glory albums. And just... Um, I had that link saved and I just streamed it on a daily basis for months and just walking through the streets of Chicago, just, they were empty. There's no traffic, there's no people and just being alone uh, in the city while it's still cold and snowing for no reason on April 9th and stuff like that and just listening to these songs and they're all, uh, they're very warm, they're very tale esque uh, Even the cover of the album, it's like a, a amusement park ride and there's just all these colors that look like flowers, like in a, uh, almost metallic sense where it's just, you know, purples and pinks and orange and yellows. And it's just, uh, everything about the album is vibrant and fun and just happy. And, um, uh, it, it was just one of those things just feeling alone in this empty world, it's, uh, really resonated with me and really, it, it was just one of those things that just fit the moment so well. Um, that even when it was finally released, it was still just as vibrant as it was when I first heard it.
0: All right, you sold me on it. I I Originally, when you said it, I was like, boy, if I were to pick a Newfound Glory album, I don't know that that's the one that would come to mind, but you gave a really, really strong defense. Uh, So, well done. (laughs) In a similar note, yesterday I was driving, and uh, My Friends Over You came on randomly, and I immediately was just like, "Oh, That's like one of those songs Like when I hear the first like 5 seconds of it i'm just like all right i'm ready let's let's go uh there's there's something about like uh that era of the band that uh I, that may be more summer for me but i can definitely see it as spring too um nadia what's next for you uh
1: my next one is i i don't want to i would guess it would can be considered my wild card because my last one is something that you guys know that i love um but my fourth album would be awaken my love by childish gambino Um, haven't listened to that one in quite a while, but I have been feeling about pulling it out, uh, recently. I was just thinking about it the other day. Um, but it makes me feel the same way, or I guess I should say the Silk Sonic album made me feel the same way that Awaken My Love made me feel like the day it came out. Um, that like very soulful, like throwback to the seventies, like that really funky, um, sound that Awaken My Love had like really stuck with me when it came out and I listen to it every spring. It's like really one of my spring albums for sure.
0: I don't know how we've never talked about this. That really surprised me. That's, that's an incredible pick. I
1: literally love it. It's so good.
0: Excellent. Very, very good. Uh, Yeah. That one is perfect. And I should have, I, I, I'm trying to think now, like what Childish Gambino album is most spring to me. I think that's probably the pick. Uh, Camp is another one that for some reason I kind of, Uh, associate with spring as well but yeah that killer choice um my uh my final one is all's well that ends well by chiodos and i can see this album kind of falling into more of a a summer type thing but there's something about so here's what it is the album's got an intro and then it leads right into track two which is like the first real track i don't even know how it's pronounced all narrates beware i think is what it's called but I've never heard anyone say it out loud, so I may be wrong, but it literally opens with the lines. The spring of love resembles the uncertain glory of an April day. And for some reason, like, because that's the way the album starts, I've just always been like, boom, like the first day of April, I'm throwing on all as well that ends well, because it just leads into that so perfectly. And it's such a weird album with like all the different, like kind of piano sounds and stuff. It's, it's almost like an amusement park ride in a way. And for whatever reason, when I hear certain sounds of that album, it kind of uh, takes me into a headspace of spring. And finally, to go back to the kind of the dumb album artwork, it's like there's, you know, the purples and pinks and oranges. It's like a very colorful, bright uh, sort of album. And another thing that just kind of like associates it with springtime for me. So, uh, yeah, so that's my last one. Uh, Kyle, you're up.
2: Um, My last one in... The only reason I consider this a weird one is because it seems like much more of a fall album is uh, Copeland's In Motion. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a spring album for me just because it came out in early 2005. Yep. Sounds correct. Um, and I remember being there for like the release day and just picking it up and just blasting it through my car uh, nonstop for months and just watched as, uh as, you know, I was just playing the songs in repeat as – watching the trees just go from limbs to fully blown out with leaves, just kind of, uh, having it in my headphones and watching flowers slowly sprout out of the ground, like day by day, walking with it. And, uh, the album itself is it's quiet, but there's a warmth beneath it. Like there's uh, love songs, there's tragedy, there's everything kind of building from the cold going towards warm. Um, there's like a life behind a lot of the music and a lot of the themes behind it. And, um, it's one of those things that could easily be uh, something you listen to in November, kind of watching all the leaves fall and uh, preparing to kind of settle in for winter. But I think just because of the time I found it and discovered it, uh, it has like a much more vibrant meaning to me than I think a lot of people kind of associate with it.
0: You know, I it's funny because that one crossed my mind. It's a fall album for me because like the cover of the album is like that branch with the leaves that are dying on it. And it just feels that way in my head, but it did come out in the springtime in 2005. And there is a certain sonic element to that album that I do think lends itself to spring. I mean, you know, when I think of like a song, like choose the one who loves you more, like, you know, I can listen to that. And those, the songs that album are so like beautifully, there's a sadness underneath them, but because of the way the songs are constructed, they almost make you, it's not as sad as it should be, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think there's an element to that, that I can definitely see translating to being like really, really splendid in the springtime. So uh, definitely cool. Uh, Nadia, last one.
1: All right. Uh, Copeland is a year round band for me, so I can't argue against any of that. Um, But my last one is fangs by falling up. Um, Mm. You all know how I feel about falling up. You know, I love them dearly. Um, but yeah, Fangs is one of those albums that I just love in the spring. I think, again, something about the album art really does, like, draw you into a certain, like, album. And even though, like, the colors, I'm looking at it right now, the colors of the album are very fall. There's a lot of, like, burnt oranges and, like, gold. Um, but there's, like, flowers and vines. And I don't know, I just feel like the story that they came up with for Fangs, feels very spring like to me. It's um, like a story about like Greek mythology. I mean, I'm assuming that's what, that's what I get from it. Um, but yeah, it feels like a very, like the songs are very light, even though some of the subject matter is a little bit on the darker side. Um, my favorite one is goddess of the day spring. I am, which obviously it so spring in there, but um, like, yeah, there's something about that album that I pull out in the spring and I pull out hours in the summer. I feel like there's a, there's a falling up album for every season.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, And, you know, you and I have talked offline about following up a lot. I don't know that we've talked about them on this podcast much, if at all. But, yeah, that's actually an interesting choice because I was trying to I was also thinking about Dawn Escapes, uh, I think, came out in the spring of 2005, maybe. Um, But that's another I mean, literally the idea of Dawn Escapes and like this release. Um, there's something about that album for me that I, I kind of resonate in the springtime and it's so synth driven and it's kind of all the, all the notes are moving upward on that album. Um, and that's a, that's one, if I were to pick a, a falling up album, um, but yeah, Fangs, it, that, I feel like yeah. that's the album. That was like the last album of theirs that I was following along with that band. And I put out a, a ton after that, but that was like my last uh, my last experience with them. Um,
1: yeah, they actually, Fangs was the first one that I fell in love with. Um, so it's funny how we always seem to do that. You always, you always stop where I start. It's hilarious. Yeah. And actually Fangs did come out in March of 2009. So it is kind of spring album anyway.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and there's something about that, like the time that an album comes out and if it's a band you love that you're going to listen to it right then, and you're going to develop those memories at that time of year. So, um, that's always a big element. Um, when when thinking through this. But this was super fun. I I appreciate you both for humoring me in this conversation because I this is the time of year where it's like I am ready to start feeling better. I'm ready to start like going outside, feeling the sunshine, feeling the warmth um and I love having music like primed and and ready to soundtrack uh those new memories for me. So this was a very fun conversation. Um we're going to have more conversations because I know we're going to get into the, the time is coming where there's going to be more new music than we're able to keep up with, and I'm excited to uh, talk about all of that with you. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, Kyle, Nadia, thank you for coming on the show and talking about this. That was a blast. Thank you kindly. Anytime. Uh, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. And of course, come visit us at itsalldead.com. There's a lot of 10-year... Uh, retrospectives we need to start writing because I've been seeing stuff coming. I'm like, oh, shit, that was 10 years ago. Um, There's a a lot of fun stuff to to think back on and talk about it. We're going to be doing it at itsalldead.com. For now, that is it for this show. I'm Kyle Hawk, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at itsalldead. And of course, come visit our website, itsalldead.com.